If I could show, I'm, uh, just so that I, you know that I actually did prepare for what I, I was going to share with yes. you today. Uh, we as a congregation are in the middle of talking about covenant, yes. really getting our, our hands around what it means to have a covenant with Almighty God, but how God uses, out of Ephesians chapter 5, that you know, I can understand my relationship with Tina, and you can understand yours with Kathy, and all of us can with our mates. And through that covenant relationship, understand a little bit about what happens in our, or what the expectations are with our covenant with, with God. And so what I was going to share with us today was the power of a, what makes a covenant powerful. Because right. it doesn't just become powerful just because someone's got a wedding ring on. Uh, it becomes powerful. The word I've written down here is the word synergy. That may be a modern word. I look for it in scripture. It doesn't, doesn't appear in scripture. <laughs> I think we made it up. Um, but the concept that what I was gonna, where I was going to read from was out of the book of Genesis. Uh, many of you remember the story when Nimrod was preparing to build the Tower of Babel. And uh, God looked down upon the work that they were doing and said, to the, said of them that I need to go down and see what those guys are doing because they have come into one accord and because of that, yeah. nothing which they attempt to do. Right will be withheld from them. Yes. And so we see in that, that really where it, where it draws in, I think what you were saying just now, was the, the issue of coming into agreement, coming into partnership. I think there's you know, deeper levels of partnership, which I'm really looking forward to where our lives together are going. And, uh, but I know that the power of what we can do together um, is really expressed in this thing called synergy. Yes. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about that. Like the syn- what do you understand synergy to be? How does it work? How does it work in your relationship? How does it work in your life? Because what I've discovered with working with Tina and working with, I mean, we work with so many different people here, so many different groups operate here. We're really able to do something that by ourselves we couldn't do, mm-hmm. right? I had the image when you were working up here. I, I, I cannot lift you on my shoulders, but let's say that... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could lift me on yours. You look like you're a lot more we'll solid. David to do that. Yes, come on. He'll lift us both. I, I thought I, I had the image of changing one of the light bulbs in here. You know, both you and I could stand on the ground jumping up in order to try and figure out how to yes, get that yeah. light bulb out of the ceiling. But really, all you'd need to do is lift me on your shoulders, and we could do it almost. Uh, I could do it effortlessly. Yeah. You'd have to hold me up, but. <laughs> Um, but just that picture alone about how synergy works, even in this, in this, what we're, you know, as we're kind of relating ministry to ministry with you and trying to grasp, you know, the, the, the enormity of what is about to happen in Gulu through what you guys are doing as you gather up, you know, the little ones who are now nine, mm. uh, they don't stay nine. No. You know, they grow up and become the president of Uganda. That's right. what happens yes. to those people. Yeah. And so what, what is about to happen, you know, you have to be so busy with what you're doing there, trying to keep all of these, the, you know, this, what I, I'm going to try to use the word chaos, but it's not chaos, it's just organized confusion, maybe, if I put it like that, with all of the things that you guys have going on over there. But and we can't go. And we all have lives that we're doing here. We have things that God is asking us to do here. But uh, we, we can lift you up on our shoulders, right? That's going to really be the synergy so that you don't have to worry about some of the things that we can take the burden off of your shoulders and what we're really doing is we're just lifting you up on our shoulders so that you can reach a lot higher than you could normally have done. You know, the, thank you. I won't keep you up here then because I'll do the rest of the talking. So the, you can just agree with me from your seat. Just keep doing that. 
the key of the matter that, that, um, that I was going to try and get today, I won't keep you this morning, but as um, I don't really want to minimize really what Reynolds has says, said to us already about the power of unifying with everything that is going on around us. You know, we have, we, I think we have a bit of a tradition as Christians to, you know, fight over doctrinal things. You know, I'm a pre-tribber, you're a post-tribber, so now we have to, one of us has to die today because, you know, we should not be doing stuff like that. We have to be able to understand the unity when Jesus was talking in the Old Testament talking. Uh, we know it in our own lives that unity is, is the platform on which growth happens. You find a country at war, there's no growth going on in that country. As a matter of fact, all we're doing is tearing stuff down. When we can come into a place of unification, now from that platform of being unified, being synergized together, we can build. That's similar to what God's intention was as we try to understand uh, how does our covenant with Almighty God work. We learn a lot by coming into covenant, one with our mate, but also having partnerships like this where we hold ourselves accountable to the lives of people that we love and who God has put upon our heart to say, what is it that we can do to lighten the load? What is it that we can do to, do to just lift them up a little bit higher so that they can reach a little bit farther to the plan and purpose that God has for them? You know, we learn from that God's perspective towards us. And so we didn't make this stuff up. God made this up. God created this environment. His desire is to do that towards us. That if he finds something in your life, yes where he's saying, you know what, oh, he's, I, he almost has the light bulb. He can almost reach. What does God do? God comes and gives that little bit. He adds that piece of the equation. He's the synergy that comes into our relationship with our lives and the world around us. As we begin to understand these type of relationships, we can use that to, to extrapolate, to understand what's God doing in my life. And then the, the, obviously the final piece of it was, um, where's the, the markers? Thank you. Let me just finish with this. When we come into relationships, we should understand that relationships create a matrix. And when you, when you can appreciate how a relationship works, and in our culture, we got lots of examples of this first group. In the first group, people are takers one person is a taker and the other person is a taker. That's kind of a business relationship. We're both looking to get out of the relationship the thing that we're looking for. I don't really care about you. You don't really care about me. We're just trying to do a deal together. That is so, that, that, this style of relationship has filtered into marriages. It's filtered into churches. It's filtered into all kinds of different areas where it, should not, where it does not belong. There's a place for that. That's in the business world. That's when you have to make a profit and look after your shareholders. But we shouldn't be running or understanding relationships really from this world. The other part of it is that you have a taker and a giver, or obviously the other way around. But either one of these quadrants are made up of one person who is a giver and one person who is a taker. There is no synergy in those environments. Right? All that's going on in that environment is one person, one entity is draining the life out of the other entity. Eventually, this is going to fail. Even in marriages, you know, I, because I, I remember we would make jokes about this in our marriage class before, as long as you got one giver and one taker, that's really going to work great. 
Uh, but it does, it does work great for a while, but it doesn't work great in a God sense. It's not life-giving. It's not flourishing. It's gonna work. It's better than this type of marriage or this type of covenant relationship. That don't work at all. You don't make it through the honeymoon on this one. But when you go here, it's also not life-giving. It's not lasting. Where you get into the final one, obviously you can get where the final one goes, when you have a relationship that is based on two givers. This is where the synergy starts to happen, right? And, it, and you can start, like if you look at it as a continuum, all we gotta do in our lives is get into this quadrant right here. Just get in. You, we will learn how to get more and more and more. God's waiting for us down here. God is 100% in, willing to absolutely, as he said in, in Luke chapter 15, beloved, I'm with you always, and all that I have is yours. Always, all. That's, the, that's a covenant style of a relationship. And what God is trying to do is get us to understand that in our relationship, just like we can understand here, that we have a quid pro quo relationship with, with World Embrace. As we've got, we're, they're helping us to experience what it means to be mission, sending teams over there and all the great things that are happening. And we get to be a part of that as well. We get to raise funds for them or do the, some of the things that he's already talked about of supporting them any way that we can. When we both become givers, then we start to create this, this kind of a synergistic relationship. Does that make sense? Let me get you to flip over to Luke chapter one, and I'm gonna show you where this is, even seasonally, why this is such an important part uh, in the lives of this awesome person that we're all familiar with, Mary. And so here we have Mary in verse 26, and on the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee into Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man named Joseph. And the house of David and the, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast her into her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt be, call his name Jesus. He will be great his name his, uh, and shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary said unto the angel, How should this be, seeing that I know not a man? And I, I think there, if that was Ian, because I, I, I think it's, she's, we take it as, there's a biological process that hasn't taken place yet, so how am I gonna have a baby? I don't know that that's the right interpretation. She's betrothed to her, her, the man she loves, Joseph. If that was my translation, I would say it like this. Listen, angel, could you wait a couple months until I get this guy to the altar, and then after that, have at it? Because it's not gonna cost me my relationship to Joseph if Jesus is conceived after our wedding. And we'll just tell everybody it was God. She's saying, I can't have a baby right now. I'm betrothed to another man. And all of a sudden, I'm gonna find out that I'm pregnant? He's gonna find out that I'm pregnant now? How many of you can hear what Mary is doing is she's saying, so God, here's the deal. You're asking me to chain, to trade Joseph for you? Yeah. That's what she was doing. She, now, she didn't, she, you get to read the rest and see how it turned out good for her. But she didn't know that at this moment. Yeah. 
See, Mary was 100% in here. She was making the decision that says, if I let God do this to my physical body and impregnate me, I have no way of telling Joseph. <laughs> you know, it's a toilet seat. No, it's not the toilet seat. You've been with another man and you're out, <laughs> right? You see, what Mary was realizing is that she was, it was being required of her to step in as a giver. She was not just a receiver. At this moment, she was saying, I'm giving up Joseph, the life that I had planned for myself. And now she was going to be a woman in those days, it's very popular in our day, but in those days for a woman to be with child without a husband, that was, that was pretty much the end of her life. There was no social environment for her to dwell in anymore. She had made a mistake that you can't make in those times. She was giving everything to say yes at this moment. And listen even to the word that she uses. She says, and the angel answered unto her and said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born in thee shall be called the Son of God. And here's Mary's response in verse 38 there. And Mary said, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. That word handmaiden is the word dule. The word dule is a word that you would use for a slave uh, if it was done involuntarily, if I don't voluntarily submit to the process. If I submit to the process myself, uh, the terminology that, um, that my Bible uses, let me just uh, get, the, get the word here. Um, where did I put it? One who gives herself up wholly to another person's will. So there was two ways you became a doule. You became it because you know, somebody stole you and made you a slave. The other way to do that was that you willfully came in and became the servant. You allowed your will to be completely usurped by the other person's will. And when we take a look at what covenant does, when, when Tina married Ian, she submitted herself to me and said, you know, I don't know where this is going. She certainly didn't think it was heading here. When she submitted herself to my will, to where we were going to go as a couple. We, we both lost ourselves into that arrangement. Can I tell you something? That when we follow God, when we go this way, we enter into this, we let ourselves go into the plan of God for our lives, just like Mary did, knowing that inside of that obedience came the greatest gift yes. ever given to mankind literally saved each one of our lives because of a decision that somebody made thousands of years ago to say, Lord, I'm your handmaiden. Be it done unto me according to your will. Now, sometimes those things are just like they mess with our ability to understand them. But understanding what synergy does, when I can step into that, now I'm not sitting back here wondering, you know, God's a giver, but I'm just gonna sit here, wait till he really proves himself to be good enough to me. He'll certainly do that. But if our mind is constantly trying to find the line when he's finally done enough to prove himself to me, like the, you know, the Israelites in the desert, you know, what have you done for me today? I know you did the Red Sea and the rock, and the, you know, but what have you done today for me? God will never do enough. But if we step in and say, you know what, God, I, I don't want to live here, certainly. 
I can't, God's not a taker. But if I don't wanna live here and prolong this journey of becoming a person that's able to say, you know what, God, I'm willing to step in. I know you enough to be able to say, okay, I'm gonna allow myself to step into this process to begin to experience something that perhaps up until now you haven't experienced. And that is the synergy of what happens when we allow God to part, we allow ourselves to partner with the giving nature of God. I go in by, by my trust and my ability to say, okay, God, I'm gonna give my life to you as best I can, like Mary in this, in this scenario. Mary did not know the rest of the book. Mary just was saying, okay, God, if you're asking me to do this, I'm doing it. What she didn't know was what the effect of that one decision was going to have on all of eternity. Can I tell you something? Neither do you. You do not know. Reynold even kind of mentioned, but I'm not really sure where this is going. I get what's in your heart and, where, and how big this feels on the inside of you, but we're just stumbling forward with all of this right now. We're developing new paradigms. We're just following God and the things that we're doing. Can I tell you something? I'll just share this and I'm closing for sure with this one. Uh, the Lord actually said it to me the other day. He says, you guys are in the most amazing of places in the history of humanity. He says, because you live in such a selfish culture, which sounds like it's a contradiction. But he said, you know what? What happens in selfish, me-focused cultures is that nobody's sowing any seeds. They're just really busy trying to harvest as much as they can. But how many of you know when the future comes, the future belongs to the people who sow the most seeds? And you cannot deny that. And you see, just that simple nature right there. If I just do the little bit that God's asking me to do right now, God takes hold of all of that and produces this amazing thing. Just like in Mary, all Mary did was just allow herself to be overshadowed. The rest of it was God. But out of that, the most amazing things had happened simply because this is what happens in a, in, when we enter the zone of synergy with God in this covenant realm. And he then has this power to overshadow your life and do the most amazing things with the seeds that you're sowing, the permission that you're giving him by just saying, you know what, God, I'm just not kicking against the goads anymore. I'm just gonna go with you. I trust you enough to just go your way. Put your hand over your heart and say this with me. Say, Lord, I am so ready to discover what my life has always intended to become. If I would synergize, enter into a covenant relationship, a giver-giver relationship with you. What you do with that is add your strength, your ability, your resources, your knowledge, your wisdom to my life. And the effect of that, the synergy of that, causes my life to have ability that it would never have had before. Causes my life to be able to do things it could never do before. I'm so grateful for it. I'm so ready for the journey. In Jesus' name.